0: Twelve oh three, Yeah, call in now. You want to talk pain? You want to talk physio? You have physical problems, ailments, maladies? Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Dr. Payne is here. Dr. Lou, back in the chair. Week that was. What has gone on this week, my friend? A lot of stuff. I've been away for a few weeks, so I was catching up with everything. Um, had a, a
1: lot of different cases. Um, for whatever reason, I, I saw a lot of hip issues. Um, and we've talked about this before when we look at uh, a hip issue and most people will have uh, have been told that they have some type of arthritis mm-hmm. uh, and they and they've been told they've been sent for an x-ray and they'll say, yep you've got arthritis in the hip and and that's all you can really expect is that you'll have pain for the rest of your life. One very important thing when you're looking at the hip and a, a few people that I saw, Although these people did have some arthritis in the hip, the hip has another component which uh, contributes to its stability, and that's the surrounding musculature and hip capsule. And so, um, you know, these people have been essentially told live with your pain and it is what it is. Uh, and you know, really there is therapy that you can do for that tight hip capsule and those tight muscles. Releasing those muscles is going to be very, very beneficial. Um, and so those, that was, uh, for whatever reason, and I figure, I don't know if it's related to the rainy weather that we've ha- yeah. been having, that people seem to to have more hip issues. Uh, I've seen a lot of, um, low back issues, disc issues, um, uh, one interesting case that I had that I kind of wanted to talk about, and I won't go into great detail, but um, this patient, and, and I've talked about this extensively on the show, where pain is often related to the psychological component, oh yeah, chronic pain. And, you know, I was sitting there with this patient trying to have this conversation about how much of their pain was uh being contributed by the psychological component of what's going on and again when i tell people this for whatever reason they think that i'm saying that they're crazy and that it's all in their head and that's not what i'm saying and i've gone over this all i'm simply saying is that the brain is so powerful that it controls everything that we are and it will therefore also control our pain levels or at least have an input On those pain levels. And, you know, a lot of people come into the office and I either tell them that their pain is due to a psychological component or I'll have people who come in um, and have only tried passive therapies and medication for their, you know, chronic low back pain. And I end up recommending rehabilitation. The one thing that I find consistently is that people don't like the truth and I'm really in the business of giving the truth and giving the the true advice that is going to help these people uh, and so when they come in to see me I'm just simply telling them the reason why I'm telling them these things is because I've identified that this is likely the cause of their problem or one of the interventions that will make the, the greatest effect and so many people come in and they're just expecting this magic pill or something you know that doesn't exist really when you come in to see me it's going to be the cold hard truth I'm going to go through everything with you and if I determine that your pain is due to you being out of shape and not doing the exercises that you have, you're going to be told that. Mm-hmm. If I determine that you have an anxiety component or an obsessive compulsive component that is contributing to your pain levels, you're going to be told that. That's that's my job. I'm not doing this uh, to, to give people what they want to hear. I'm giving them what they need to hear. And a lot of people, in fact, it's interesting because oftentimes I'll have people that come with a loved one, whether it's a husband or wife or mom and dad, and I'll tell the person what it is that they need to hear. And although that person doesn't want to hear it, I'll often be pulled aside by the other family member that's with them and say, you know, thank you for telling them that, that, that you're right. That's the source of their problem. I've been trying to tell them that, but they don't want to listen to me. And it's often the people around them that seem to understand that more. And, you know one of the things that I've always said is that you have to take responsibility for your own health and if your issue is due to you being out of shape and not doing the right exercises you have to take responsibility of that you have to live up to that and change that you have to change your lifestyle and Uh, It's pain management is the same as trying to lose weight. If You know, I could compare somebody that's in chronic pain to a severely obese patient. And if you're working with that severely obese patient um, to get them down to a healthy weight and a new lifestyle, you don't put that person on a diet. You help them change their life. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the key. It's the same thing with chronic pain. There's no quick remedy for it, you got to change your life and you got to do all the right things. And those right things may include therapy. They may include medication. They may include psychological intervention. They may include social interventions and so on and so forth. It's got to be all encompassing because it's a true lifestyle change for pain management as well. And we kind of accept that for when we talk about weight loss, we've, as time has gone on in the last 20 years, we've accepted that people who truly achieve uh, the right weight, it's often because of lifestyle modifications. Same thing is true for pain management, lifestyle modifications. 416-870-6400,
0: star 640 on cell. Jamie, to get the ball rolling, how are you? Yes, I'm
2: good. I'm I'm actually calling on behalf of my friend who doesn't speak, uh, well, proper English. And now, about a year ago, he was at work driving um, a company van And when he was driving, he he got into a serious um, car collision, which had um, caused him to have a tear. It's like a tear in his shoulder, and he's not able to go back to work. Like he's not able to lift anything. He's basically been going through like a lot of pain with the. with the accident a year ago and he's been suffering with a lot of um just like you know emotional pain and he's been going through a lot of uh pain when it comes to i think he has tendonitis. okay and he's been suffering um you know like the fact that he can't lift anything he's tried so far, he's tried physiotherapy, um, but nothing seems to heal the tear. Um, it's the tear in his shoulder, and because of the injury, he's been um, out of work for about um, the last eight months, and, I, you know, I've been trying to help him, and I'm really concerned for his well-being. And, is there any treatments that can heal the tear in the muscle of the shoulder um, to help him get back to work?
1: So so a couple of, um, yeah. I think it was one or two weeks ago, we would have had a rerun while I was away with uh, Dr. Manoj Bergava, who's an orthopedic surgeon oh. who deals with shoulders and with knees. Mm-hmm. And and something that I've talked about extensively, but something we talked about on that show. So if you go mm-hmm. back to um, the AM640 page in the, in the oh. podcast, you can listen to that but what what becomes very important with the shoulder is number 1 yes. is the tear the cause of the problem tears in the shoulder are equivocal to degenerative disc disease in the neck. It's just something that happens as we age naturally. It, it does not necessarily the result of an accident. Mm-hmm. And so, what needs to be determined? And that's not to say that not not all tears are symptomatic. I'm just simply saying that oftentimes people get an ultrasound after some type of an injury, um, and there in, it's an incidental finding. So the radiologists comment on it, and they'll say, "Oh, there's a tear in the sh- in this muscle of the shoulder," and that's it right away. People say that's the cause of my pain. That's that's not always necessarily the cause of the pain, and so what becomes more important with the shoulder is number one is a determine is the 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 tear clinically relevant in terms of the pain that the patient is feeling, and if so, then yeah, you try to treat that tear. Now it's very hard to heal a tear, uh, what you essentially have to do in those instances is, is rehabilitate the shoulder so that the other uh, soft tissue components of the shoulder, the other muscles, can help the burden of that muscle that's been affected. Um, and that usually ends up being the most important thing, but that's one thing that I often caution: is that you can't determine. It, it needs to be uh, determined clinically that the tear that you see on some type of imaging is what is causing the person's pain, because most of the time it's not the cause. And and if it's not the cause, and you're simply focusing on that area and trying to minimize, you know, the tendonitis in that area, people who get treated that way often don't get better because they're not. Treating the the bigger picture, which is rehabilitate the shoulder and the surrounding shoulder girdle all together.
0: Jamie, I'll give you a number, uh, free consultation. Get a hold of Dr. Lou after the show, 1 855 55 Dr. Lou, D R L O U. Email info at paincarecanada.com and Dr. Lou on social media as well. Lots more your phone calls, phone lines wide open, 416 870 6400, star 640 on sale. Dr. Pain Show Talk Radio, AM 640. We have lots of open phone lines. Give us a call. The email is info at com. Just got an email about someone asking for the relationship between uh, burping, coughing, and anxiety. Is there one?
1: Yeah, it is possible. There are a lot of uh, nervous tics that can happen due to anxiety. And obviously, again, uh, anytime you're dealing with uh, something that's primarily a psychological issue, again, the brain affects the whole body. And so, uh, yeah, it can cause different types of restless leg, uh, coughs, hiccups, burps, all different types of uh, things are possible. Now, what I will caution is If you're having one of those issues, you can't just absolutely determine this is due to anxiety. Mm -hmm. You have to rule out any other potential cause first, right? So uh, some people even, for example, will have constant eye twitching. That could also be a symptom of something that is, say, neurodegenerative, like multiple sclerosis. So if there's something like that going on, you don't just automatically want to say, oh, it's anxiety. You would want to try to uh, rule out the most serious causes. And then as you rule out the more serious causes, a lot of things can be caused by anxiety, absolutely. And, and things like hic- hiccups, burping, coughing, uh, twitches absolutely can be related to anxiety. And I mean, people who are undergoing these things often know it themselves that in periods of more stress or more anxiety, those symptoms are more apparent than they are when they're uh, not suffering from as much anxiety. So that's a giveaway too, if it is related
0: to the anxiety. So it's almost a learned behavior at that point with the brain.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, you have to look at there's communication within every area of the brain. So as an area of the brain becomes hyperactive, so can a corresponding other area that controls something else in the body, right? So, um, it's the same reason when you look at like a flight or fight response, why you would start sweating and breathing hard. It's getting you ready to do something. And so as you start to affect the the nervous system through the psychological input, different things can happen for sure.
0: 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. on Stony Creek. Good afternoon. Well, hi, how are you? Good. What's, uh, what's your concern, pal? Well, I don't have
3: any pain. I was telling your screener, um, I lift weights about three to four times a week. And um, my right arm, I don't know if it's the shoulder or, or what's, what's the case, but I can barely lift any weight right now with certain exercises, and the frustrating part for me is I don't have any pain. Okay. And I'm, I'm just wondering what could possibly have caused that.
1: So what are the exercises that you find you're most limited with?
3: Uh, curls, for, for, for starters. Okay. Uh, uh, flies. Okay. Um, front lateral raises and side lateral raises.
1: Okay, now when you say that you feel limit, like, is it a complete weakness, is it a partial weakness? Try to kind of uh, give me a little bit more.
3: It's a partial weakness, like say for example, on seated curls, I'll be able to curl 35 pounds, 10 reps, no problem. Yep. I can barely get through 25, uh, 25 pounds with six reps right
1: now. And, and that's happened over what period of time is this?
3: It's, it's been about six weeks right now.
1: Okay, and do you remember anything about six weeks ago happening um, well, that, you know...
3: I, I don't recall a particular exercise or movement that I did that I would have injured it.
1: How about outside the gym? Yeah, even yeah, exactly. That's a good point, John. Like anything in your life that you could have happened about, you know, up till 12 weeks ago.
3: Other than just some stress at work, that's really about it. Like, I'm not that physically active outside the gym. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't bike because I do all my cardio in the gym and all that fun stuff. But uh, <laughs> I was talking to one of the other gym goers, and, and he possibly said it could be a, a nerve laceration or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, nerve lacerations don't just kind of happen for no reason. There'd have to be uh, some type of trauma. Could there be pressure on a nerve? Uh, Right? Because as you work out, you are building up muscle. You are making muscles tight. And if you don't tend to have proper form, those muscles may tighten too much and they're therefore leading to some type of uh, what we would call a neuropathy where there's pressure put on a nerve somewhere and that could be causing a partial weakness Uh, so that is very possible it could be an injury in the neck Uh, it could be even higher anytime you're considering something you know when you talk about weakness such that you're describing that's a neurological type of symptom so again going back to the the way i would look at anybody such as yourself is you got to consider all possible causes of weakness all the way from the very very common and benign to you know even more serious things like neurodegenerative things now that I'm not saying that to scare you because the likelihood is that that's very rare and probably not the reason Uh, but there needs to be a spectrum that's considered when you hear a symptom Um, you could also have tearing in a certain muscle that you don't know about and and that tear may cause a certain amount of weakness Uh, and again similar to the last caller sometimes tears are not symptomatic so although you're saying there's no pain that doesn't mean you can't have a a tear somewhere that's affecting some type of, mm. of motor component and strength component. So there's a couple things that need to be considered for sure. That's you know where uh, a proper assessment is going to be most helpful to try to figure out exactly uh, what's going on. The other thing that it could be is just... Purely posture related. Sometimes people, um, your your muscles will function better in their most ideal postures, and maybe the way you've been doing something over a long period of time is not absolutely ideal, and and changing that you know, degree of movement or whatever can make it maybe a little sure. bit stronger. So there's lots of reasons is essentially what I'm getting at. And really the only way to know for sure is assess it. But give us a call. We can uh, definitely help you set up an assessment and then we'll go from there.
0: Rocco, it's info at paincarecanada dot com. Email one eight five 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 five. five five Dr. Lou D R L U. More of your phone calls here. We got some uh, some room and some time for you as well. 416 870 6400 Star 640 on sale, Dr. Payne Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. And Dr. Lou on social as well, 1225 Saturday afternoon. You your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Mary, good afternoon. Hello. How are you? I'm good,
4: how are you? Okay, good. We're,
0: uh, we're good. What's your concern? Um, I'm just
4: uh, Overall, I have a fair bit of pain, like on uh, my knees, my hips. Um, The tops of my feet are, I have crazy amounts of pain with that, and I've been told I have some arthritis, and I've gradually, over the years, I've gained quite a bit of weight, and probably like 80 pounds more than I should be, and I've been in a marriage for 30 years that I'm still in, but it's been very, very stressful, Mm -hmm. and I just feel, like, I do have a physio guy that I see, and he's really amazing. Mm-hmm. And he will talk to me a little bit about the psychological part. Mm-hmm. And he sort of said things in roundabout ways about, like, if you're, your feet are your grounding to the earth. And I feel like he doesn't, I like, I wish he would be more upfront, like you said that you are. Right. Because I do, I, I all believe that part of it is psychological and probably stress-related. And
0: I think a lot of my
4: muscles are so tense from all the years of, that's how I carry my stress.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so so even one of the things when we look at stressors, we can look at physical stressors. And then when we talk about psychological stressors, Um, And I don't know how often you've listened to the show, but you'll if you have listened or uh, you would have heard me say things psychosocial stressors because you almost can't distinguish between the psychological and the social aspect of our lives. And one of the big things that's very common in in chronic pain situations is that there's uh, psychosocial issues going on now. It's a it's a circle, right? If you're in a bad marriage, you're going to have psychological issues because of that, and it's that social relationship that is affecting that, um, and so that becomes part of the problem uh, with treating patients such as yourself, because you know you you kind of have to understand that if if the root cause of an issue is the psychosocial component just simply treating the body is going to help to temporarily maybe mask some of the issues for you know x amount of time but it's never necessarily going to solve the issue and so that's one of the important things with chronic pain management is trying to identify what we call um you know in healthcare we'll talk about red flags uh which are very serious symptoms that someone may describe that we uh you know think okay this could be something very serious and potentially life-threatening but we equally talk about what's called yellow Flags And yellow flags are the psychosocial issues that somebody talks about. And some of the more important things that lead to chronic pain or that contribute is poor relationships, especially in a marriage for sure, and being unhappy in the workplace. And we know a lot about the stuff in the workplace because we look at, uh, you know, a significant amount of studies that are done on people uh, who are on disability or workplace claims. And we do find that people that are in a job that they don't necessarily like are not as likely to ever return to Mm -hmm. work from their injury versus people who are in a job that they do enjoy some type of career often get better quicker. And and that's just simply because of... um, the the psychosocial stress that's a component there so yeah for sure you know if you're in a marriage that you're saying for 30 years that uh isn't necessarily been the best that yeah could definitely affect your pain levels now that doesn't mean that all your pain levels are all simply uh due to that and i you know and i get what you said about the physio saying that you know the feet there's a lot of native medicine is also um uh, very focused on that type of uh comparison will, where they'll talk about you know uh things in the lower half of the body are a fear of going forward because that's the mm. the part of the body so you know that's more of a spiritual side of things and I, and I'm not you know, discrediting that. I just am not an expert in in spiritual health and things like that. But uh, I am an expert in, in the physical, psychosocial stuff, and I can tell you that absolutely, being having stress in your life in the form of a relationship is absolutely going to contribute to your pain levels. And at the very least, it's not going to help them. It may not necessarily be the full cause of them, but it's definitely not going to help the situation. Yeah.
4: Well, and I I, I am working on getting. Uh, Stories of life coach counseling. I've done all kinds of counseling trying to find ways to fix things. Mm-hmm. But I think part of it is me just becoming more assertive and standing up for myself. Right. And maybe once I can do that, I'm yeah. getting there. I'm yeah. Getting process.
1: And you know, this is where counseling is very important. You know, sometimes. And again, this this is not my area of expertise by any means in terms of the family counseling and stuff. But sometimes when something is so bad, the best thing to do is just get out of that relationship. And and again, it, it, you know, it goes deeper than that because I don't know you, you don't know me, we don't know each other's. I don't know your history, but um, you know that those are things that if you really want to fix your life and you really want to get your pain levels under control. Managing your stress becomes very, very important in whatever sense that is, whether it's psychological or the social with relationships.
0: Appreciate your call, Mary. And we have time and open lines for you as well up to one o'clock this afternoon, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Dr. Payne Joe Talk Radio, AM 640. It is twelve thirty, Doctor Pain Show. Till one o'clock here on your Saturday. Back to your phone calls, Bill. Welcome to the show. How are you?
3: Not too bad. I wanted to uh, ask you a question. I am a uh, chronic pain sufferer from uh, uh, failed back surgery. Yep. My my GP has uh, uh, both my GP and I are frustrated and trying to get control of my pain. So my GP has arranged for me to go to. Uh, someplace called the Wasser Clinic yep. uh, down at Sinai. Mm-hmm. And it uh, uh, won't be for another six or seven weeks. But I was just wondering if you're familiar with their program and if you have an opinion on it.
1: I am familiar with the clinic. I am familiar with uh, the program. I probably shouldn't give an opinion uh, just because I'm not associated with them. Uh, but what I can say is that they are uh, a leading um uh, institute in pain management. So, uh, you know, there's nothing negative for sure that I have to say about them. Uh, but like anything with chronic pain, uh, you know, the, the big thing comes down to um, whatever it is that someone tells you to do, you you're going to have to be the one that does it. And what I can tell you about chronic pain is it's very, very hard because it has to be something that you're doing every single day in terms of a solution. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, if you, if you've been referred there, you're going to definitely, uh, be in good hands and it's just a matter of, uh, whatever advice is is given. Because the one thing I will caution you on is that in, in chronic pain management, a lot of it is, you know, and I don't know your disposition towards what you have going on, but if you're looking for them to do something to you to make you better, that's not going to be what you're going to get. What you're going to get is a lot of what you can do to make yourself better. So as long Mm. as you can... Uh, appreciate that then that's that becomes the key and you know that's the key no matter where you would go for chronic pain management um that it's it's going to be very much about the things that are taught to you and how you have to do it in conjunction with yes the things that they will also do uh but it has to be two parts and that's the passive component which is done by the the professionals and the active component which needs to be done by you
3: yeah, I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I'm just scared of having nothing but narcotics thrown at me. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, you'll definitely be in good hands. And, and I think that disposition of, of being ready to, to help yourself is very, very important. And then if, if you are, if you do have that disposition, you'll likely have, uh, uh good outcomes.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Okay. No problem. Thank you. It's funny you mention that because you've said it before. When it comes to just you know work at your clinic, that may be an hour a day they see you, but the other twenty three, yeah, there's
1: a lot of time. Right? There's a lot of time in your life that you're not going to be seeing anybody, and if you're not, and again, because of how complex it is when you're looking at the physical, the psychosocial, uh, and all the things that contribute to your pain levels, you're going to need to be doing. R- things on a physical perspective, things on a psychological perspective, things on a social perspective, and sometimes even not to get into it, but on a spiritual perspective, mm-hmm. right? You, It's all-encompassing. And so uh, that's the very difficult thing about pain management because some people are willing to accept, yeah, I'll do some exercises, but I'm, I don't believe in the cognitive behavior therapy. I don't oh, need to huge. change my mind. And and they, and they, all they're doing is hindering their... And, and even, you know, I've had people that have come in and said to me, I've been to a bunch of doctors and they all tell me that it's in my head. And I sit there saying, they're not saying it's in your head. They're just simply saying that your head is contributing to this. And they don't want to hear. It. And it's like, you're never going to get better if you don't start to accept that. Especially one of the things with... um you know, one of the things that I'll often say when people say that to me, they'll say, every doctor I've ever seen has said that, you know, my mind is creating this. And it's like, well, at what point do you realize that maybe you're the common denominator? If everyone is agreeing, right. then maybe that truly is the cause. And sometimes the truth is very hard to to hear and accept, but, you know, these things are told to people, not because, w- you know, we as the healthcare profession are trying to criticize, but we as the healthcare profession are actually trying to help. And if someone can actually accept and digest that and realize how much of their own uh, mentality contributes to their issues, they'll actually get better. Randy, good afternoon. How are, ya? Gotcha, how are you? Doing?
0: Good. What's uh, what's going on with you? Uh,
1: well, basically, it's not for me,
3: but it's from gathering information from my mom. She's like 80 years old. Uh, she constantly has like, very severe chronic burping. It doesn't matter if it's if she's having a meal um, at the time or during or after, mm-hmm. but constantly for
4: years now, uh, severe burping.
1: Okay. Yes. And has she been uh, checked out for this at all?
4: She has been, but uh, she's very old, uh, set in her old ways. Okay. And um, she's saying that it's, um, that's the way she is.
1: Yeah, and it might very well be the way it is. Anytime you do something, you know, the other thing is as you do any um, kind of It's not really a motor skill, but it is, uh, you know, it it is taking muscles to contract to create burping. Once you do something for a long period of time, you also create a a neurological pathway that, yeah, a habit that it just keeps happening, right? It's like people who bite their nails. They don't even realize they're doing it anymore because you've created a type of neurological pattern that just leads you to biting your nails and something like this could be the same thing. It may be related to something else. I'm not sure. I don't know uh, the case, or it might not be related to anything. Anything except the learned behavior, but um, you know, going back to what I was just saying, and you're calling on behalf of your mom. If she's, if she, if it's, if she doesn't want to get better from it, no matter how much you care about it, she, she's not going to get better from it. And so, um, you know, and maybe it doesn't bother her as much as it bothers everyone else. Around her, uh, and it might just be a nervous tick, or it could be something else going on. It could be related to diet, obviously, uh, is something to consider. So, if there's certain things that she's eating that are leading to it, although it may not be uh, eating at that specific moment. It may very well be uh, the things that she's eating day to day are contributing to this. So uh, it's very hard to say what it could be due to, obviously, but uh, you know, every a lot of different things do need to be considered in that case.
0: I want to remind people of the uh, free consultation at uh, your clinic one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U is the number info at paincarecanada.com. Doctor Lou on social as well if you're on Facebook and Twitter and all that. We'll take a short break. More your phone calls have some open lines for you four one. Six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell. Doctor Payne show talk radio AM six forty. It is twelve forty three on the Doctor Payne show till one o'clock. You got time for a phone call concerns? Bring it through. We'd love to hear from you. Info at paincarecanada.com through email and your uh, consultations. By the way, call Doctor Lou at one eight five 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 D R L O U and get that happening as well. Want to uh, reiterate that point that there's that's you know some people are worried about the first part, right? The consultation consultation this is this is a perfect
1: example of the consultations all the consultation really is 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 my network and my clinics that I have uh, equipped to help with what your issue potentially is. And all I really need to do that is kind of hear a little bit about what's going on. Uh, I'll have people call me about, you know, um, you know, similar to that, that burping issue. That would be an example of something that my clinics do not deal with. But at the very least, I may be able to point that person nice. in a direction. And all it really is is a conversation. You're going to call the one 55 doctor Lou number. You're going to hit option two, which leaves me a message, which I will call you back. Um, and we'll just have a conversation. If I think it's something that, um, A, can be assessed by me, then I'm going to recommend that, and you'll come in for an assessment. And I just want to reiterate, these assessments are $45, so there is a fee to it. Um, but what you're getting out of it is you're going to get my time to explain everything that's going on to you. I had a uh, a person who came in uh, yesterday and Lots of issues going on with this person, but their major complaint was that they had uh, pain on the whole left side of their body and they knew that they had Parkinson's and they had all their medication lists and all these things and they basically said but i don't understand why there's pain on this one side so i was reviewing everything and as i was reviewing i found something that they were sent for a genetic testing for what's called hla b27 which is a genetic marker for ankylosing spondylitis and it was positive positive. and a lot of this person's uh symptoms were consistent with ankylosing spondylitis and i just basically said well this is consistent you have these issues because you have ankylosing spondylitis and they basically said well no one's ever really told me that and the reality is that when you're going somewhere, this system is designed to push you in and out. You're in and out within five minutes. That's not the majority of people that see me and the compliments that I get are simply because I've spent the time to explain to them mm-hmm. what's going on so that they understand. And I've talked about this a lot that education and empowerment is one of the things often shown as a good outcome for people to get better from what's going on. Because if they understand, what's going on they can do the right things and this person was just simply like how come no one made me aware of this and I said well I can't answer why no one else has made you aware but what I can tell you is in the review of your documents right now here it is and then I was able to give them uh, some recommendations on what she could do and all it simply highlighted was that if you take the time to go through things and you take the time to explain to people exactly what's going on they can get better because they'll know the right things to do and so that's what happens There's there's a fee for my time because I'm spending a long time with you. the It's it averages an hour. I can't even say that it is or it is not an hour because sometimes I can finish a little bit quicker because the case is maybe a little bit simpler, and sometimes it takes me much longer. But I'm not going to rush through it. I'm going to take all the time that I need uh, so that people can understand exactly what's going on. And I mean, the you were going to go through a full history full physical exam review of any relevant documents, medical documents. And that's, I just wanna highlight that. That's so very important that if you're coming to see me and you've had MRIs, you've had CAT scans, you've had X-rays, you've had ultrasounds, blood work, whatever it may be, the more you can bring me, the more that I can understand. Uh, because maybe I'll be thinking, well, we should send for this. But if you already have it, that's going to help me to rule in and rule out the things that I may already be thinking. And, you know, a lot of people do show up and they don't bring their documents. And so then I have to sit there and say, okay, well, I'm going to have to get these from your family doctor and then I'll be able to look at it. So get these things in advance or let's get that process started before you come in so that you're not wasting any time by coming in. We can jump into what it is uh, we need to jump into. But more simple than that. If people are unsure, free consultation. Just call the number, send me an email, whatever it is. Uh, I'll give you a call. We'll have a discussion. We can, and I can explain everything. There's no commitment. There's no fee to that. It's just simply going to be either an email response or a conversation on the phone. That's going to take probably five to ten minutes, and that, and in that time, we'll be able to figure out if my, me, and my team. Uh, can help you with what's going on.
0: And beyond that, you can't really discount the positive effect of that examination, which you just spoke of. I mean, a lot of how many times have you gone to a clinic thinking, God, I've, I've got you know, I've got some ch- chest infection. I'm dying, and the doctor goes, don't worry, you're a little bit of cold and huh, yeah, oh, I feel better already.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? That peace of mind is very, very important. Um, and even when you look at, We have all algorithms and and outcome measures for, you know, example, when you send somebody for an x-ray, when when do you send somebody for a low back x-ray? And one of the things where you should send somebody for a a low back x-ray is if it's going to cause them peace of mind. If you can put that, and and it relates to the anxiety, right? Because if your mind is overactive, it's very hard for you to actually feel better. But as soon as your mind can be put at ease, that helps people to get better. And a lot of times put at ease doesn't mean that you're being told there's absolutely nothing wrong. It can also just be that you're being told exactly what the issue is. The mystery has gone. Yeah. People that I find that's what drives people more crazy. It's like, I just, I don't care what it is. I just want to understand what it is so that I get why this is happening to me. And so many times I've sat there and explained things to people and they're like, I now understand. And I'll get emails a few days later, a few weeks later saying, I haven't done anything, but I feel better just because I know now. And and it's so very important that that peace of mind, um, you know, I don't know what that's worth in terms of a price. But the price for that peace of mind with me and my team is $45. And then from there on in, is there fees to services? It depends. People will call and say, are you covered by OHIP? My assessment is not covered by OHIP, but if I think you need to see a surgeon, for example, for surgical consult, that is covered Mm -hmm. by OHIP. If I think you need to go see a physiotherapist, well, that's going to be covered by third-party payers like insurance companies because the OHIP system doesn't pay for that. So it really depends on what the recommendation is. If you need an injection, uh, something like that, that is covered by OHIP. So the first part is not covered by OHIP, which is the assessment with me. But from there on in, some services depending, and again, I can't say over the phone what it is you will or will not need. I have to do a proper assessment and then make a plan of management, which is essentially the recommendations that I believe this person needs to go through. And You know, again, as an example, if I recommend to somebody some psychological treatment for cognitive behavior
0: therapy, most of the time that stuff is not covered through OHIP. Yep. So it depends. 1-855-55-DRLOU, D-R-L-O-U is that number. Info at paincarecanada.com through email. Dr. Lou on social as well. Still got uh, some time here you'll want to call through. We got a lot of open lines. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Pain questions, bring them on. Dr. Pain Show, Talk Radio, AM640. 12.53, 12.53, few minutes to go here. If you want to uh, squeeze in a last-minute call, you can do so now before we wrap this sucker up at uh, 1 o'clock. Question, though, if I'm, I mean, this may not be the, the choice of the patient. You may be able to direct them, but how do you know whether it's going to be cardio or, or cardio or chiro or physio, or how do you know which way you're going? In in terms of if they need rehabilitation yeah. treatment? Um
1: it depends. It depends on what the issue is. And it depends, you know, as an example with me and my team, if if um, the one thing I will say first off in people in general, because I do get this question where they say, you know, how do I know if I should go to a chiro or a yeah. physio? Uh, and if they're just kind of making their own choice, I'll often say that the individual is more important than the profession. Okay. okay. That's number one, because I know some physiotherapists that are very good and I know some that are very bad, as I know some chiros that are very good and some that are very bad. And I know some massage therapists who might be better than certain chiropractors and even certain family doctors. So the individual, I think, matters first. Their The way their outlook is towards rehabilitation, I think often matters more in terms of the effect that they'll be able to have on people. Uh, so that's number one. Um, after that, I guess it really depends on what the issue is. So sometimes if I see a patient and I determine, let's say, there's more of an anxiety component going on um, and it's more of a myofascial pain where it's just tightness and muscles. In those instances, I may suggest, say, for example, a massage therapist because a massage therapist is going to do two things. They're going to uh, work on the muscles physically by you know, pushing and doing different techniques, But massage is also very relaxing. You're in a quiet room, soft music. So sometimes I like that if there's an anxiety component and it's just a simple muscular issue, getting someone to relax that way is gonna be very good. If we're dealing with a spine issue, uh, you know, the chiropractic college here in Toronto, where I actually teach, is very much pushing for chiropractors to be uh, non-surgical spinal healthcare experts. So, you know, when it's a spine-related issue, I'd often say probably a chiropractor uh, is going to be a good bet. Now, that's not to say that physiotherapists don't work with spine issues as well. Um, And then, you know, from a post-operative standpoint, Uh, If you've just had ACL surgery and you need to do some rehabilitation, you should, you know, number one, physiotherapist is going to be very good at that, but it also depends on the facility, the equipment that the place has. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the great thing about our clinic. We take away that guessing game from the practitioner, from the the patient. We leave it up to me. That's essentially the step, the model that we have. People see me first. I am the first point of contact for people coming to Pain Care Canada. And when you see me, I then make the recommendation with having a conversation, because that's another important thing in terms of uh, plan and management is what AI believe is needed, what the research supports, and also what the patient wants. That's what evidence-informed care is. It's based on those three things. And sometimes people may say, no, 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 I've had a bad experience with a physiotherapist. I never want to see one again. And so I take that into consideration, or equally they say that about the chiropractor or whatever. But the beauty is is that I help take away that guessing game, and, and more so even when I hire people. I'm not necessarily looking or when I align myself with other clinics, I'm not looking at the profession as much as I'm looking at the individual and their outlook towards rehabilitation and health, uh, because I do find that that tends to make uh, uh, the greatest difference in terms of the quality of care that people get.
0: Has there been any great advances as far as technology is concerned when it comes to physio or chiral that you recommend or you or you like
1: there are some newer things going on. Uh, you know, I'd say within the last 10 to 15 years, things like shockwave therapy and laser therapy have definitely become more hmm. popular. Um, the problem with those interventions is you'll have certain clinics that just essentially specialize in those things. So you'll have clinics that are just laser clinics, and they're saying that laser is good for everything right. and all and all in between, right? And that's the problem. I think that all the things that we have are tools, and we need to, you know, the advantage of with what I have going on is that we have everything you could potentially need. And we're making the recommendation on what you are going to need, not just what we have. And that's very, very important. So um, yeah, there are, there, those things are great. And, and, you know, laser shockwave therapy, ultrasound, uh, TENS machines, exercise, all those things have existed and, and are being used. And I, and I just caution against I guess the cookie cutter approach that one modality or one thing is good for every single thing. And it really should be based on specific needs of the individual. Um, And again, that, that evidence informed practice is based on the clinician experience uh, the review of the most relevant uh, medical literature because we that's constantly uh, updating when we're looking at outcomes, efficacy of treatments, and also what the patient wants and expects, and and putting those three things together is evidence informed care, and that's what we're doing uh, uh, at Pain Care Canada and with Doctor Luz Pain Care is it's evidence informed care, and we'll get you the what what it is that you need, and again, I want to reiterate that I'm going to tell you what you need, not what you want to hear, and sometimes people think they're going to come get what they want to hear, and that I'm. I'm going to, you know, agree with them. Sometimes I don't. You're going to get what you need to hear with me.
0: Till next time, the contact one 855 Dr. Lou D-R-L-O-U, info at paincarecanada.com and Dr. Lou on social as well. Next week, back here at 12 o'clock at Dr. Pain Show. Talk radio, AM 640.
1: For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does.